Yes, welcome on into a special live edition of Locked on Auburn. I'm your host, Zach Blackery. Daryl Dapridge will be joining me in a few minutes. Uh, Auburn loses to Maryland, gets thrashed by Maryland 31 to 13. And really, despite some late game magic by Hank Brown, everything would have been pretty negative. Uh, but now all of a sudden, it's like, okay, Hank Brown, the dude's got it. Coming in as a third string quarterback in this game. And we'll um we'll discuss more about him in a moment. Uh, but the effort clearly wasn't there despite the messaging from this coaching staff and several players that I talked to leading up to this bowl game saying that, hey, this is important. This is something that this team um, cares about. Clearly, clearly that wasn't the case because uh, the performance showed something way worse. It wasn't a matchup issue. It wasn't a talent issue. And all in all, like the game plan wasn't perfect, but I don't think it was really a game plan issue. Either. I think a lot of this came down to effort when it was all said and done. And obviously what Auburn put on the field wasn't as good as what put Maryland put on the field. And that's, to be honest, just unacceptable. Daryl Daprich joining us as well. Daryl, I think a lot of this had to do with effort. I think a lot of it had to do with lack of preparation. I don't think this was a talent issue. All right. Unable to hear. All right. We'll, uh, we'll try again in a second then. Um, as far as, as far as everything else, like we, we saw a few different things and these were storylines going into it, right? Like Keontae Scott at outside corner. Could Kay and Lee step up? What did the defensive front seven look like without Marcus Harris? And we got some of those answers. And over the course of the game, like really after those first three drives, I thought the defense was fine. Maryland jumps up 21-0 very, very quickly. And then all of a sudden, like, okay, Auburn's able to score. After that, the only other touchdown Maryland scored was a defensive touchdown. It's like the defense did their job late. It's just it took them a while to get going. And it is kind of interesting if, if Peyton Thorne doesn't throw that pick six, does the game develop a little differently just because then uh, it's a two-score game, you know, in the second half. And maybe once the offense kind of started to be able to move a little bit when our boy Hank Brown went in with the game have developed differently. A few things about the offense that, that I think we have some major concerns with is the offensive line. The offensive line that played today, I thought was dramatically worse than what we've seen all season. And I don't think that was a Maryland thing. I don't think that that was um, something that I expected. And I wonder if, I wonder how the coaching staff is going to deal with that. And it could be chalked up to effort. All right. I think we got Daryl <laughs> now offensive line being bad. That surprised you, Daryl. It did. Um, I, I felt like they were going to do a little bit better job against Maryland's front. Um, you know, there wasn't the opt outs that we thought was going to happen. That was on the defensive side of the ball. So I was a little bit surprised that the offensive line got manhandled like it did. It, it really was a little bit of a shock to me. Yeah. Yeah. Game plan. Do you think game plan was the issue? Or do you think it was more execution and effort? Well, I think early on it looked to be game plan preparation. I think there were some things that looked to me like Auburn was not very prepared at all for this football game. I always feel like these bowl games, a lot of times that aren't playoff games, or New York New York Six bowl games come down to the team that kind of wants it more. I thought Auburn was really wanted this bowl game. They, had, they hadn't been to one. 
last year. So I thought that they were going to be really excited to play this game. It just makes me wonder about focus and allocation of duties. Look, I'm not making any excuses, but I wonder if the transfer portal, the recruiting class, I mean, Hugh Freeze all but said that about these deadlines and these calendars. Not that that should be an inherent excuse because there really is no excuse for that kind of performance from a preparation standpoint. You have to be ready to play. And look, other coaches have to do it. Other coaches have to figure out how to balance all three. Uh, You know, another thing, too, that kind of made me lend itself to think that is that headset deal, the the, the headset communication in the helmet when Hugh Free said, we just don't have enough time with everything we've got going on to implement that. He came right out and said, we're not going to be using it. The helmet communication that Maryland used, Auburn did not use. They declined to use it and let Maryland use it and just said, we don't have enough time or preparation to implement something like that. Now, I thought that was an SEC-wide decision. Am I off on that? No. It, 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 Hugh Freeze allowed Maryland to use it. I know that, and, but yeah. I, I, thought, I thought the SEC, I thought all SEC teams turned that down in their bowl games. The way they described it on the broadcast and what I read I know, is but, Hugh Freeze. But what yeah. we read beforehand, though, I, I thought that I saw maybe something on On3 where they talked about how the SEC teams didn't do that because they were going to tackle that topic down the road. But I may have misread that. Yeah, they could have, and that would have been that would have been a late developing factor because everything up to that point sh- said that you know it was just going to be you free, and that, that Maryland, if Auburn wanted to, they could have kept Maryland from doing it if they didn't do it, and they said go ahead. I think that would have been cheap though on Auburn's part to say say right. no just because of that. So yeah, I, clarification would be good on like, that. Is, is that is that why? Like that's not why Auburn looked bad today. No, no, I'm just saying it speaks to the whole concept or precept that juggling multiple things and multitasking seem to be lacking. And if other coaches can find a way to do all that and implement the headset helmet thing for a freshman quarterback, I, you know, I just, I think Auburn should be able to, I just feel that that way, but it looked like the focus was in the attention to detail were on other things. And then the play calling issue, when you talk about preparation or execution, I'd love to get clarification because we're not there uh, at the press conference. Why did it take Hugh Freeze allegedly so long to start calling plays? Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, clearly the plan wasn't to involve Rivaldo Fairweather and Jarquez Hunter early. Like, clearly that was a decision that was made, or you would have found a way to get them the ball more in the first quarter before you're down by three touchdowns. I mean, that was just an egregious error. And how many times have we seen that when Auburn goes into these games, the LSU game plan kind of uh, stands out as we kind of think back over how the seasons developed Daryl, but it's just so many times it takes them a while to get the ball to their best players and their best offensive players right now. I don't think this is a stretch to say the best offensive players are Jarquez Hunter and Rivaldo Fairweather. And then I'd probably put Damari Austin at three and just finding ways to get the ball to the running backs that doesn't seem to be a part of what they wanted to do early. And I mean, Jarquez Hunter didn't really he had 13 touches for 44 yards and he had two catches for, for seven yards. I mean, that's just not what you do when you're, when your offense is so limited, both from a scheme standpoint and from a talent standpoint, because you just don't have many guys you can trust throwing the football. I mean, really until Hank Brown came in 
anytime you threw to to Cam Brown or Shane Hooks, it was just like a wasted throw consistently throughout the season. Now, then our boy Hank comes in, and we'll talk more about Hank in a second, but you started to see kind of some rhythm. And that's the power, Daryl, of one or two completions. It totally changes the flow of an offense. And that's just been something that Auburn has had such a hard time doing. They just can't get started. But that's a big part of it, is you've got to figure out as a coaching staff, you've got to figure out how to get started. They got started early against Mississippi State. They got started early against Vandy. To some extent, they got started against, uh, obviously, Arkansas, but to some extent, they even got started against Alabama early. And once you get an offense going, it's easy to keep it. Momentum's a real thing. Some people will tell you it's not. It's a real thing. And Auburn just couldn't get it going until Hank Brown came in and he completed a few completions. Multiple completions are absolutely great for rhythm. And I think it just, you know, looking at Jarquez Hunter early, the first couple drives, they forced the ball to him early. He only got three, four yards. They got very predictable. So to answer your question about why Fairweather and Hunter would not have been targeted a lot earlier, sometimes I think Auburn tries something and then goes away from it too early and mm -hmm. doesn't continue to show that stick to and keep going after it. Um, it's amazing to me. I, I was very uh, disappointed with some of the effort of the wide receivers. Jay Fair a couple times did not run his complete routes. He cut them short. Cam Brown did not come back for the football, didn't fight oh for gosh. the football. That kind yeah. of stuff inexcusable you you have to be able to show a little more effort um and that's probably why auburn's going after receivers in, in, a, in a freshman recruiting class and in the portal yeah i mean I, I think that's exactly i think that's exactly what's happening and you you hope that these guys can come in and figure everything out in spring and, and change i mean the whole the whole offense right now is it's systematically like a mess. I mean, there's so much you have to fix. It's not just Peyton Thorne. It's not just the offensive line. It's not just the wide receivers. And it's not just scheme and play calling. Like You have to fix them all. And, I mean, what do you do when you get a house and the foundation's messed up, the walls are bad, the roof is bad, the plumbing's messed up? Most of the time, it's easier just to tear it down. And I hope that's what they do when they go into spring, or at least the coaching staff as they prepare for the spring is they tear everything down, they start over, it may be with Philip Montgomery, it may be with a new offensive coordinator, we'll see what the next few weeks hold regarding that. But whatever it is, you have to start over offensively. And I think you've got to ask the questions, even the questions that you probably know the answer to. Who is the starting quarterback? Who are our best five offensive linemen? Who does give us the best chance to win at every stage throughout the season? Like, is it worth the upside of putting some of these freshmen in early. That's why I think Cam Coleman has to start day one, just because the growing pains are going to be worth it. They're going to be worth it. Because at this point, we know who Camden Brown is. We have a pretty good idea of who Jay Fair is. We'll see what Caleb Burton can turn into. But, I mean, so many of these guys, it's like we've seen this. We've been begging for them to put it together for so long, and they just haven't. You can say that about some of the guys on the offensive line as well. And so, to me, I just hope the staff begins to ask question after question after question. And sure, use this tape from the Music City Bowl loss. But also, I mean, you've got to use tape from every snap that these guys have played this season. The first question this staff needs to make or needs to have, if you're talking about that, if they're being honest with themselves, is they need to start looking in the mirror. And it starts with the head coach. And let me tell you sure. why. Auburn has had a lot of W's this last year. But most of them have been off-the-field wins. 
recruiting classes, transfer portal halls, coaching staff decisions, jumping into a bowl game, showing up. But if you look at the proof of concept on the field and what Auburn was able to accomplish on the field, they lost an embarrassing game to New Mexico State late, uh, late in the season that they shouldn't have lost. They couldn't stop fourth and 31, and you had a chance to put a foot on the throat of your rival, and they would not be playing on Monday. Alabama wouldn't. And whatever's good for your rival is bad for you and vice versa. And then they go to a bowl game and absolutely lay an egg and look unprepared and disinterested. Mm-hmm. So on the field has to have they've, – they've had a lot of great off-the-field things. But at the end of the day, six and seven – is still six and seven. I saw a lot of things on X about this is an exhibition game. We should treat it this way. I get it. It it, mm-hmm. it, it, a bowl, it is. I, I get that. It's really not an exhibition game, though, because it counts in the standings. It counts in your official record. And had Auburn won this game, Zach, they could have been, had a winning record. They didn't. Bowl games matter. They can springboard you into the next season. So all three of those things really ended up being L's at the end of the year. That needs to get corrected. Preparation. And being able to multitask, this this staff has to look at that. Yeah. And not just put all their eggs in the recruiting basket. You don't hang a banner for having the number five recruiting class in the country. It can lead to you being able to hang banners. It's certainly the first part of it. And I you yeah. know, would you rather have another win this year or have, you know, a recruiting class that's two or three spots worse. Like I, I genuinely don't know the answer to that. In the short term, right. you definitely take the extra win, but also like it's nice these last few guys that they got. Like so, I, I mean, there, there's a lot of variables that go into that. But quarterback play has to get better. It has to get better. And clearly, this staff thinks that Peyton is the guy to do it. We'll see. Did Hank Brown do enough in the fourth quarter to prove anything? I don't know. But you have to open up the quarterback competition. And we've talked about how you and I have talked to folks that it sounds like Holden Gurner is going into spring with the opportunity to get the job from Peyton Thorne. I'm skeptical of that. I'm just going to be honest with you, but I hope that, that is a true competition. And based off of what we saw today, I mean, look, Holden's got more reps with the with the ones that than Hank Brown has. And Hank went in there and was, I mean, he was torching it for a little bit. And I think if you would have given him a full half, I think it would have resulted in more touchdowns. Darrell, I really, really do. It's just the, I don't know. He put the ball in the air where guys could make a play. And I think that's very, very crucial. And that's something that I don't think Peyton always does. So you you just got to hope. You just got to hope that it is a true quarterback battle again this spring. Hank Brown was the lone bright spot, was the only thing that made me spot smile during this whole game. I'll be honest. Dale, and look, I am, he, so, I am so happy for that. Kid. I don't care. I mean, and I don't care that it's late. It matters because it was the same defense that Thorne yes. and Gurner saw. And look, here's the proof of concept for me. We talk about proof of concept. Mm-hmm. Dudes that were dropping passes all freaking year for Auburn, Brown and Hooks, made great catch. We're catching the ball. And yeah. Jay Fair made a nice catch on that slant route. So, I mean, what's the difference that all of a sudden these guys start catching? Maybe it's ball placement. Maybe it's ball placement. Maybe it's the way the ball comes out. Maybe it's the way velocity or trajectory. I don't care. I just know dudes that had the dropsies all year made plays when, when Hank Brown was in there. And I think that matters. I do think that matters, man. A catchable ball is totally a thing. It's totally a thing. And I'm not saying Hank has it better than anybody else in this roster, but based on what we just saw, Based on what we just saw, he did. During that 60-minute of action, he did. Small sample size, still, I, I certainly think 
I certainly think that it's there. And so, I mean, and just like that was his, the thing that's impressed me most about Hank. And I haven't really like, I haven't really championed Hank as much as I have, like as far as on camera as I have, like in conversations. But the thing that stands out to me about Hank is that kid's composure is unbelievable. You see it in his high school tape. And then I talk to him all the time, both on here and then off camera. That dude is so composed. That guy knows what he's going to do. His confidence is, I would bet that that kid wasn't nervous at all doing that. That's just the kind of guy he is. And that's what you want in a quarterback. I mean, he was very stoic. He didn't get too high. He didn't get too low. And I think that's what you want in your quarterback. And I think that feeds to the guys around you. So props to Hank Brown. He comes on the show every other week. I'm going to get him on early next week. Hopefully we'll see um, what his schedule looks like, but I am so happy for that kid. And just the processing that he did. I mean, those were his first like college reps, Daryl. And you saw him looking downfield and then he knew immediately where his check down was. And like you, you see veteran quarterbacks, veteran quarterbacks at Auburn that don't do that. Even the swing passes out of the backfield to like yeah, Cobb, the right? Yeah, we're we're on target, on point, on stride, where you can catch the ball and you can run with it, you know, after in, in stride and keep going forward. Um, you know, the the last throw in the end zone seemed to be a little miscommunication. It almost I don't know if the receiver was in the right spot. I was so hoping that Auburn scored there just to give him more confidence, incredible. make it thirty-one twenty. You know, I mean, I get it. It it, it is what it is, but look. At the end of the day, we were always we were joking like a month ago, thinking that Hank Brown was going to start this bowl game. I almost wish he would have. Would have been fun to see what he could have done the whole game, right? We thought yeah. Thorne was going to enter the portal. We thought Auburn was going to get a portal quarterback. There were so many what ifs that didn't come to fruition that there was a real possibility. Everyone was like, "Well, who would start the bowl game?" We were like, "Well, you know, Gurner or Hank Brown." That would have been fun to see what he could have had would as have far as awesome. a week of prepping. Yeah. Would have been awesome. Yeah, because that guy's not getting hardly any reps. He did say, you know, since Robbie entered the portal, he's got a lot more reps during the bowl prep. I I can't imagine he got a whole lot with the ones. Maybe he did. Maybe I'm off on that. We'll, we'll talk to him next week about all that. But I'm just so happy for that kid. I'm so happy for that kid. Um, other things that took away. So, like, is Cam Brown on this roster in 2024? I would have a very strong conversation with him immediately after this game, if I was the coaching staff and say, son, do you want to be here or not? Because your body language and your effort showed me that you didn't want to, you didn't come back for the ball. You didn't fight for the ball. You just looked disinterested when the ball didn't, you know, when you dropped a pass, I don't know, dude, I, I, I missed the mark on him a hundred percent. I was so excited dude, for him. Did. Look at him though. Like physically he's everything that you want. And he's posting these videos on Instagram of him working out and his cuts are so clean but he's like not wearing pads and those. And so I kind of just wonder, like when you strap him on, does he still have it? And I, I don't know if he does. I don't know if he does. There just needs um, to be a, a big time improvement upward trajectory for him. I think to have a spot on this roster next year. Mm -hmm. Um. All right. I, I love Canley at corner. I know we've already seen him kind of in a starting role. Those are his first games because Nehemiah Pritchett missed the first few games of the year, but. I think Kane Lee's the truth, man. I think he's really, really talented. I think he's really, really good. I I like him at that corner, and I I almost have to say small sample size. I wonder if I'm rethinking the Scott move outside or move him back inside. I think if Albert can go get a day one starter at corner, a lockdown corner in the portal, maybe you go back to the configuration they had 
uh, earlier this year, move Scott back inside on the ball. Now, again, it's one game, and I know this. he played that position, and I was an advocate for him to move out there. Yeah, But I, I think I need to see a little bit more, and maybe as an insurance policy, in case that experiment doesn't work, you always have him to fall back on uh, moving him back inside. Did, De- yeah. did Donovan Kaufman play today in that game? Mm-hmm. I think he played a lot. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He's five, he just right? Was quiet. Yeah, he was just quiet. Yeah. I didn't hear much. Yeah. And sometimes that's a good thing with DB. Yep. I, I didn't really notice him one way or the other, which is a good thing. Yeah, Keontae Scott being an outside corner, like you said, it's one game. It's been a minute since he got a lot of reps there in practice, you'd have to assume, but wasn't blown away by it. Wasn't blown away. I think Keontae's strength is moving laterally and moving forward. And as a corner, you've got to turn your hips and run. And like, I don't know. It's just been a minute since he's done that probably because he didn't look comfortable doing that. So can he, can he fix that over a spring and an off season? Yes, absolutely. But I think it's worth noting. He swiveled his hips on that one play really nice and peeled back, but you got to make that interception, right? That's to complete the play. I mean, yeah, he broke it up because he, he recalculated, recalibrated, swiveled, pivoted, and went back to the inside to track down the receiver. But that ball is a ball you've got to catch. You've got to pick that off. Yep, corners you. like that make those plays if you want to play that position. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. Um, why do you think we saw so little J-Fair? Hmm. We saw him late, which was interesting when Hank well, Brown we, was in. Well, we, we suddenly noticed everybody when Hank was in. I mean, he Shane Hooks caught a pass when Hank was in. Camden yeah. Brown caught a pass when Hank was in. Jay Fair caught one. The running backs caught one. He he used the whole field, which was great. We haven't seen anybody else do that. I know earlier in the game, Jay Fair ran a route and he stopped his route short and kind of quit on his route. Now I don't know if that was the reason why we saw little so little of him because if that was the case, we would have seen a lot less Cam Brown if we were looking at things like effort. So I don't know. Um, you know, I think he's okay. a guy that can be counted on next year to come back and and uh, maybe take a step forward. I, I'd like to have him back in that receiver room. I really would. Yeah. Jay Fair's limitation seems to be more how he's used, not necessarily him himself, if that makes sense. Because I think when he's thrown the ball, like most, I mean, he's not perfect, but most of the time when he's thrown the ball, like he does his job if it's a catchable pass. So, um, Brandon Frazier's role. Do you think that's his? I mean, he played a ton today, and I'm sure a lot of that had to do with Fromm entering the portal and not playing today. But they put him a lot as like the the receiving tight end, and they put Fairweather at receiver. I'm curious if that was a game plan specific thing, or if that's how we may see more Frazier next year. I think Frazier has emerged a little bit as that guy that catches that little pass in the flat inside the five and has the body size to get into the end zone because you're not bringing him down with you know a one-on-one tackle. And that's exactly what he did on Auburn's first touchdown. He caught the little flare pass. He caught it at about the three in the flat. He was able to barrel his way into the end zone. He's got a role there. I don't see him as a middle-of-the-field guy or a down-the-field guy, although he did make that nice catch, I think, earlier in the year on a deep ball from Robbie Ashford. Um, but you know, I, I like him with his size. He's so big. I think he can take up space inside the five, inside the goal line. And again, he has the knack to be able to shed tacklers and get in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hugh Freeze was just asked about the quarterback competition. He said it's wide open. 
if that's true, Daryl, like if they all get equal reps, I think Hank wins the job. Is that crazy to say? I know I've said, I, I got, when I signed him to an NIL deal, so many people were like, why did you do that? Why did you do that? Like, I really think this guy's going to be it one day. And I'm just so glad. I'm so glad that he got his opportunity today. I am giddy for this kid. Yeah, I again, we talked about small sample size. He looked very composed. I, I, I would like to, you know, pump the brakes a little bit, see what happens through yeah, the spring. I, know. I get it. But I, get but it. I, I mean, I like it. I like it. I mean, I, but the way the ball came out of his hand, the ball placement, that kind of thing. Um, he is a winner. He is a very, very, again, composure. That's something you can't coach. You either have that attribute or you don't. Mm-hmm. And he seemed to have it. Now, did he come in the game and it was Auburn was down 31-7 and you have nothing to lose and there's no pressure, you can play loosey-goosey and let it fly? Yes. I mean, let's be honest. But, again, I think he's got some attributes that just show me that he's a very level-headed, composed kid. Wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't surprise me at all if you know he made a push. But, again, if you're going to have this open competition – and Thorne isn't your guy that's anointed next year, then I do not understand why you didn't go out and try to get somebody in the portal. That's a great point. That's a great point. Yeah, especially with the NIL funds that appear to be available to this program. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I was surprised that they didn't. I mean, the first several days that you know we did a show after the portal opened, we're like, which quarterback makes the most sense? Because we were fully expecting them to. And then they all signed elsewhere. And all of a sudden, it's like, okay, are we doing it? And then, you know, Hugh Freeze is, and I guess there's two sides of that coin, right? Hugh Freeze could be saving face and say, we struck out with some of the quarterbacks, or he could say, hey, you know, publicly, we're, we're backing we're backing Peyton Thorne here. It could be either of those things. I don't know. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. If it truly is an open competition and it truly is wide open, yeah, you you should have you should you should have brought in another quarterback, and you still have time, I guess. Technically, you do. And there's still a couple dudes out there, and I mean, yeah, you know, we, we we went that route last year with Thorne coming in late. I, you just hope that Almer didn't miss on some targets early and some guys that they had, you know, maybe that they that they wanted a month ago, and they looked at the receiver room or they looked at Auburn's struggling offense and the ineptitude and was like, you know, I don't want to go there. That That's scary to me. That's a It's the chicken or egg argument. So you've got to start showing some success and some production on the field, I think, before Portal got. Now, the it didn't hurt Walker White or the Freeze Four, you know, coming. I get that. But established dudes that have one year to prove themselves to get in the league, they may not have that patience. You know what I mean, Zach? They, they may need instant results and instant gratification. Yeah, and that's the whole that's the whole argument for transferring is you're going to a place that benefits you instantly. And Auburn may not be that destination for you right now if that's if that's your mindset, which I don't think it's a bad mindset to have. But the offensive line being bad today really shocked me. Daryl, I, I I was really surprised with how poor it was specifically in pass protection. Yeah, I, I saw somewhere, um, and I want to get confirmation on this because we jumped on live, and when we go, there's no time to look at post game notes and that kind of thing. Didn't was Connor Lou hurt? I I saw where he didn't play much, and that could have been a factor because I think he really helped anchor the offensive line late in the, late in the year. Yeah. Yeah, and I sure. and I saw where he was hurt. So a couple yeah. people confirmed and said, "Yeah, he's hurt." But still, the other guys should have stepped up, and we should have seen a little more continuity with that offensive line. Because again, nobody opted out. 
that I know of. I mean, like they did on the defensive side of the ball. Right. Right. Um, I love Sylvester Smith. The small sample size we've seen of Sylvester Smith and just talking to guys that, you know, are able to see all of practice and involved in the process. Um, the way people talk about Sylvester Smith early and what we saw today, I thought was I thought was great. Pairing him with Laquan Robinson next year is going to be fun, no matter what the rotation is and how many different safeties come into the fold. And mm-hmm. if Auburn gets one in the transfer portal, that kind of thing. I think that there's a future combination that you're seeing there. Kaufman's coming back. You've already talked about leave it. Yeah, I liked Sylvester Smith. Cracked down that deep ball, put his hand in there, stripped it. I thought it was a fumble, honestly. I didn't think it was a completion. They said the guy never had – I thought it was a fumble, and then Auburn didn't secure the recovery, which is a theme this year as well. Yeah. But um, it, he made a great play on it. He tracked it down. He recovered. So congratulations to him. I, there were a few bright spots. I thought Jeremiah Cobb came in and played well at the end of the game, and he's a guy that Auburn's going to be counted on next year, although it looks like everybody – Maybe Batty enters the portal, but looks like everyone else is back. Yeah, I do wonder if Batty enters the portal. I wouldn't blame him. I also, his decision on when he takes stuff out and when he doesn't, like, I don't know if he's told that or just given the green light or what, but the whole, like, anytime you return it, it should get past the 25, and it doesn't always do that. Amen. Amen. And then the Church. fumble, like the, the fumble yeah. was not, that's, you can't fumble. Had an opportunity to have the ball at the 40 yard line because of the taunting penalty and, you turn it right back over. It was that. It was just that kind of day. I mean, it just was. Sure. I mean, couldn't recover a fumble. Couldn't get a face mask call, even though it happened three or four times. Couldn't get. A, I mean, there was just a lot of things that absolutely didn't go Auburn's way, and that's what happens. It was just. But but a lot of that was due to the fact that they came out looking like they would rather be anywhere else than Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. They didn't seem to want to be there, which stinks. It stinks for all the fans that paid money to travel. That's my thing. I'm glad you said that. It's brutal. It's brutal. There's an apology that needs to be. You freeze said it to Alyssa Lang. I feel bad Mm -hmm. for these fans. I want to apologize. That is inexcusable when your fan base pays that much money to go there to have that kind of empathy, you know, lack of, 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 uh, effort in the performance. I, that there, that's just wrong. That is just wrong. There's no guarantees in life, but all that money. You want to see a little better product on the field. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's different if you just lose, but with what they put on the field, I mean, that's just disrespectful, I, I think. Yeah, aim, I think. that's the that's the word. Yep, disrespectful. I think. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, any other bright spots that we didn't mention? I mean, Colton Hood, I think, had some moments at, at nickel, uh, middle of the uh, middle of the field, defensive back. I, I like that. We heard that he was getting more snaps at nickel and spring practices leading up to this. I wonder I wonder if that changes if Auburn gets a corner in the transfer portal and they scoot Keontae back inside. Like, I'm curious what the pecking order is. No, I'm sure they'll try different things in spring, but I thought he looked solid in kind of his first bit of action. Yeah, I did too. That's where the bowl games like this really are important, that you can get guys some reps. And now Hood and Smith going into next year, we'll have a little bit more air of confidence about him. And again, I can understate when nobody looked like they wanted to be there and everyone looked disinterested, Fairweather was a man, a grown man, strong hands, ripping the ball away from safeties, lowering his shoulder. He literally carried Auburn on his back, that first offensive touchdown. So I give him a lot of credit. He was a bright spot for fighting and and, and, and acting like a real leader 
uh, early on in that game when it was ugly. Yeah, and it's like you, you could tell once he got the ball, he was going to do everything he possibly can to, to move it. And Rivaldo Fairweather is Rivaldo Fairweather. Right now, the exception, when you look at game by game, the exception of Rivaldo Fairweather is the Iron Bowl. Like, that wasn't him. He had a bad Iron Bowl. But outside of that, he's been pretty stinking reliable. He has. And the fact that they could move him outside, which I hope they don't have to do next year. <laughs> they did I that like out it. of necessity. Well, I like I, it's out of necessity. I'd much rather have him in the slot in between the hashes where I think he's going to do a lot of damage. I know that occasionally you put him out there with a jump ball on a undersized corner or safety, but I just hope Auburn has elite receivers next year where you just do not have to do that and you could leave him inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep. And so some of these guys that played like their last games, um, like Larry Nixon was one of them. I guess Shane Hooks was one of them. Did Nick Martiner play today? I didn't see him, no, but I, I guess he's out yeah. of eligibility now. Um, did Lawrence Johnson play today? I didn't notice him if he did. I saw Zeke Walker, and I, but I did not see him. But I do want to uh... – the the kid the junior college kid um, that mm -hmm. came Quintrell um, James yes Travis. he, he yeah. played some snaps early and made a couple plays so that that's good mm -hmm. for next year for a little bit of depth right I I like seeing him get some rep reps as well yeah I I was not impressed with Zeke Walker early but yeah we'll see, we'll see. I mean I don't know I don't know I don't know what the proper expectations for him are at this point. And then I thought Jalen McLeod looked good for the most part. I'm excited to see what else they do with um, with those freshmen, and if they put Joe Phillips in that spot or not. And who all if they go out and get a transfer guy, which you hope that they do. I'm excited about the idea of developing developing Keldrick Falk as a pass rusher because right now I think those are your two tickets to winning in 2024 in the pass rushing game is Jalen McLeod staying healthy this offseason and developing Keldrick Falk. I, I don't think you're going to go out and get another stud that can rush the passer at the level that those two guys could in 2024. So that's a lot of pressure on those two young men. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more from Falk today. He seemed a little bit invisible as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I didn't I didn't I thought he would be a little more disruptive. I think the one thing another takeaway, and I could be hundred percent wrong, but it's going to be interesting to see if this plays out in the next month. My prediction is, and my feeling is, because of the output and the result of this game, I think Auburn's going to hit the portal a little heavier than I thought going into this game. Based on just like a knee-jerk reaction or an evaluation yeah. standpoint? An evaluation, like, like here's what we have. We need more. You know, we, we've got to get some guy. We we need another receiver on the outside. We need some more defensive linemen. We need maybe a cover corner to move. I think there's some things that were exposed today that may have Auburn take a different approach and take a pause on what they're going to do in the transfer portal the next, the next three weeks to a month. But, I mean – they were going to fill those spots, though. You you just think they're going to dedicate those those scholarships to different position groups than they would have? I, I don't fully understand what you're saying. I think more, I think more bodies. I think there'll be more bodies, even if an uh, with an upgrade type scenario. Even guys that have positions currently, you look at that and go, "I got to upgrade that position." It may be time for him to get in the portal. I've got to upgrade it. I'm going to go get more. I'm going to go get more bodies in the portal from a number standpoint than they probably would have. I think going into this game, it looks like it's a little bit of a, more of a necessity. But they were going to get those guys anyway. I mean, they're not going to like waste scholarships. 
No, I'm thinking that they may get more guys, higher numbers. Like go over 85 and process no, people? Maybe try to convince kids that they didn't think needed to move on, that they need to move on. I see. I got gotcha. you. Like a bad tee, like guys were like, you're like, you don't necessarily need that scholarship. I know you mentioned bad tee possibly entering the portal. Well, and we mentioned, what are we going to do? There needs to be a, a, a really heart to heart with a guy like Cam Brown. Sure. Yeah, I got you. I, sorry, that took so long for me to understand what you're saying. Yes. No, no, no. I, I, I was not, I didn't want, I don't, I don't want to call people out in particular, but even along the defensive line, mm-hmm. if it ain't happening and you don't know what their role is going to be and they really didn't show out, they were given an opportunity to show something today. If they didn't, maybe it's time they move on with their life's work and you put well, somebody else in that I mean, role. Especially like, I, I hate to keep calling the guy out. And part of it is, is it hurts because we had so much hope for him and he's so physically gifted. But I mean, Cam Brown, it's not like he wasn't given an opportunity today. But if you're going to throw it more than 20 yards downfield to a dude or more than 10 yards downfield in a 50-50 ball situation, and like it just doesn't look like you're fighting for it. And as a receiver, you need to be obsessed with doing anything you possibly can to catch the football. And it's not a physical attribute thing or even dropping a ball. It's an effort, fight, and want to is why you may want to put someone there that does want to be there then. Yeah, I think so. And, and, you know, it stinks to say, like, this guy doesn't want to be there. But it's just if you watch – if you look at him when he's throwing the ball versus somebody else, like a Rivaldo fair, like when Rivaldo is throwing the ball, he you can tell he's doing everything he possibly can to get his hands on it. And he does most of the time. And so yeah, I, I just Burton's again, I Burton's it. another one that really fights I agree to with make that. catches. He really does. I'm very I high on him. I, I can't wait to watch him next year. I I'm think very he's high a on candidate him. to take a huge step forward. I think that was a very nice route he ran where Hank Brown made a very nice throw. That was a really on both ends throw, catch, route, perfection. I loved watching that. And I hope that there's more of that to come next year. Yeah. And they did a lot of that with him where you take like a jab step outside and then he cut right inside. It wasn't a slant, it was more of a just an Post. in route. Yeah. Or, um, yeah. And it was, uh, it was great. It was great. They did, they went to that early. That was one of the first receptions of the game, or yeah, first catches of the game for Auburn. Um, but yeah, yeah, they didn't do that as much as they probably should. So, um, a lot of negative, a lot of negative in it. And tough we'll, we'll one to watch. Tough very one tough to watch. One. Very very tough one. But once again, falls on Hugh Freeze. It falls on Hugh Freeze, like you said earlier in the show, Daryl, and we'll see how he responds to it what coaching changes are going to be made at the coordinator spots and does it make a big difference? Does it make a difference? And also why did it take so long to make these changes that may make sense when some of these announcements are made moving forward? Yep. It's a great point. And I think it's going to, there's going to be a lot of activity, a lot of activity over the next month. So buckle up if you're an Auburn fan, again, off the field things, transfer portal, you know, the, the February signing date, I don't think will bring much surprises, but you've got the Ryan Williams watch going on with that. So there's a lot that could pop. Staff changes, who knows? A lot could be going on. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay, so people are still talking about Hank. Did that many people join late? Do we need to talk about Hank again? We can talk about Hank again. So proud of this kid. So happy for this kid, Daryl. I mean, just an impressive, impressive young man. It's been a joy working with him this season. I assume he'll want to come on next year too. We'll see. But 
And all in all, like the, just the way that he processes information. And you can see it. Once again, you can see when he's looking downfield and it wasn't there. And then he knew where his dump off was. He knew where the check down was. And that's been something that's hurt Auburn quarterbacks for the past decade. I mean, you saw it with, I mean, really, you saw it with, with Bo Nix. You saw it with Jarrett Stidham. You saw it with, I mean, a, a ton of guys where instead of going for the check down or knowing what you needed to do, they'd flush out of the pocket. And instead, Hank just knew what the timer was. He knew he didn't have but like two or three seconds. And he looked downfield, it wasn't there. And then he'd dump it down. And you just don't see a lot of true freshmen do that in their first action. No, composure was a thing. We talked about that earlier for the latecomers. Composure, where he put the ball, ball catchability matters what kind of ball you throw you can spin it and the ball can leave your hand and look great look pretty but where you put the ball you know catch radius that kind of thing catchability he looked like he did he was he was checking all the boxes and I guess the composure was the thing that I was most impressed with coming in that situation his first start first game playing in a bowl game and uh looked like the moment wasn't too big for him and that was what was very encouraging to me are you surprised he got a shot? Because I am. I'm surprised oh. they gave him a chance. I thought they were going to ride with Holden the rest of the way. I was shocked. I and you know, I, I, I when he when he completed that first pass, I was kind of doing something else, and I thought that was Gurner. And then when he completed the second pass downfield, and the announcer said his name out loud, I thought, wow. I mean, it completely took me aback, and yeah, it was a huge surprise to me. I thought they would just ride with Gurner to give him snaps to keep him hopefully happy and you know give him an opportunity to keep him out of the portal is what I was looking at you know that's unfortunately that's what we have in the day and age this day and age of college football people get their feelings hurt get mad knee-jerk reactions boom they're in the portal so um I thought that he was going to get an opportunity to finish the game and it, it was so fun. That was the only fun part of the game was that last drive when Auburn got the ball back and he was just marching them right back down the field I was so hoping to get another score there for the kid. There was just nothing about him being on the field that looked like a true freshman making his first start. There's just true. nothing about it. How he operated, how he communicated, how he responded, whether it was a good or a bad play. Like it was just very stoic. And I think that's an underrated part of how you look at quarterbacks that have that it factor. Yeah, they you can't do you have that or you don't. You can't coach it into a kid. It's a God-given ability, but you know they have it when you see it, and he definitely has that. And I think Trent Dilfer uh, was very, very uh, yeah. adamant and very vocal about that kid and having all those attributes. Mm-hmm. It was his high school coach who does the quarterback. He was a quarterback guru to the seven-on-sevens and all that. So Yeah, Elite 11, yeah, all that yep. stuff. So. All right, Daryl, that's going to do it for this. We'll be back in a few hours. So go ahead and click subscribe so you know where to come back to when we go live for the Auburn basketball game that starts in um, in about three hours. And then we'll go live as soon as that is done. So a lot of Zach and Daryl and Locked on Auburn today. In the meantime, Daryl, how can people check out everything that you have going on? X has been fun today. So DAP 6410. And then, like you said, looking forward to jumping back on. I missed you this week. Glad back at it, and we'll see you again in about, what, five hours? Yeah, I'm glad you're feeling better, too. Daryl's been fighting it this week. I'm glad he's back. Yeah. So everybody be like, yay, Daryl's back. And also, happy birthday, Daryl Daprich. So what does he get to do for his birthday? He gets to talk Auburn all day. So Twice. I love it. Yep. Yeah, hope, hopefully the next time is more fun than this one. So we'll see. Uh, follow me on socials at Z Blackberry. Read all my written work at auburndaily.com, and we will see you in a few hours. This has been... 
Locked on Auburn.